Here's a theme song, you know it's not a mean song It's a good song, just as it should song American Brews and Tunes Shibbity-beeby-dow! Wow. Oh, wow is for sure. Welcome, this, welcome this is to ep- American Brews and Tunes. <laughs> yes, welcome. This is episode 127 and of American Brews and is, Tunes. It is. I know we say this about every episode, that it's special, but this one is very special, actually. You've, you've heard us, um, dear faithful listeners, dear faithful listeners. <laughs> you've heard us interview um, several local breweries before, so you know that we're... Always out for a good interview, but you haven't actually heard us... A beer-related interview. Yeah, you haven't heard us have a music-related interview. Yes, and this is the first one. Yeah, so we got uh, a nice interview here for you from the band Band-Aid Brigade. From Brian Wallstrom and Zach Quinn. Yes. Um, In particular, their new album, Sex is Terrifying, is coming out everywhere. um, August 26th. Which is this upcoming Friday, so a couple days away. Um, Definitely check that out. It's a really, really cool album. It and a uh, fantastic album. This interview will give you a little insight onto the band, who their they writing are. writing process, their... What they sound like. And some fun, else. Fun stuff about this upcoming You'll album. find out in the, in the uh, episode. Yeah, and it's just a, a, a good old interview, so I hope you enjoy it. Bye. <laughs> well, we're here with uh, both members of Band-Aid Brigade, Zach Quinn and Brian Wallstrom. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> Hi. Welcome to uh, American Brews and Tunes, guys. We're really excited to have you here. Excited, excited to be here. Yeah, thanks for having yeah, us. Hell yeah. Before we uh, touch on the uh, upcoming album, which is is why we we have you guys here, we wanted a little a little background on the band. Um, now you have already put out one album, um, but uh, how did you guys meet? Did you meet through through Joey Cape and One Week Records, or was it through? Um, just touring that you guys crossed paths or what's, what's the actual story about how you guys crossed? There's kind of two parts to this. The, the first time we met, and it's all related to one week records. Um, the first time we met, um, we were on a one week records tour in 2014 and that was with, uh, Joey Cape and Chris Cresswell. I was not on this tour. He was not on the tour, but he played well. So Joey actually had to leave for a couple nights of the tour to go play, I think, a, a festival in L.A. So Chris and I decided to just keep playing those two shows. And one of them was in uh, New Orleans. And so Zach uh, was there when we got to the venue. Uh, actually, he wasn't there. Just a bunch of people were standing outside saying, Zach needs to borrow a guitar amp. Does anyone have a guitar? Amp? <laughs> I I came to that show without a guitar or a guitar amp. Yeah. <laughs> so and then, <laughs> yeah, pretty. And it was at a place called Siberia, uh, just down the street from where we're sitting right now, actually. Um, and so so we, uh, Chris and I, you know, just kind of walked around New Orleans that day, and then we we came to the show and saw Zach's set and it was freaking incredible. We just sat there in the back watching saying, this guy is amazing. We were calling Joey from the show, like during the set saying, this is your next one week. You got to listen to this guy. <laughs> oh, nice. And then lo and behold, you know, and then we, you know, we, we talked a bit and, and hung out a little bit, but nothing too serious. But then um, lo and behold, all of a sudden I keep hearing about this band pairs and <laughs> they, they had just signed with fat records and then they were going on tour with Lagwagon, And of course, Joey's like, 
yo, you'll never believe this guy I met, the singer for Pears. Hey, listen to, <laughs> listen to this idea that I had. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, no, they hit it, they hit it off. And Joey was like, I totally remember you guys mentioned it. So that that's how the original kind of um Cresswell told me that uh that Joey asked him, like, this Zach guy. Is he okay to bring to my house? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Valid question yeah. for sure. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, yeah. And uh, then Zach ended up doing a one week record and. Um, Which is a very good one week record, by the way. Yeah, I really oh, very much enjoyed that. Um, and so I did that. And then uh, the, uh, the three of us and Donald Spence uh, went uh, and did a European one week tour. Uh, and me and Brian, like that was the first time that we got to spend actual time together and, okay, nice. uh, just dovetailed lots of interests, man. Yeah. I mean, like it was one of those things where we just like fast friends, you know, yeah, became buddies yeah. real, real easy. Yeah. Nice. So when did you guys first decide to start Band-Aid Brigade? Well, it was kind of on that tour, but uh, we didn't really know what it was going to be. We didn't know that it was going to be a, a band. We were just like, right. we want to do a record together. And so after that tour, uh, we started kind of ping-ponging back and forth uh, between each other's towns and just working on some music. Uh, and then funny enough, actually, I filled in on a guitar for a Gods of Mount Olympus tour, uh, Brian's like oh, old yeah. uh, band. Yeah. Okay, cool. And... Um, and uh, one day we were just uh, at a sound check, just jamming a song that we had been working on. And Paul started playing drums to it. And it was kind of like, well, OK, that that <laughs> needs to happen. Well, this is sounding uh, pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it just it was a really organic sort of thing. Nice. nice. That's nice. actually that's really cool to hear. How did you come up with the name? Um, It was uh, that was actually like something for a lyric that I had like come up with like years before the band existed. Oh, okay. Um, like Band-Aid Brigade being like the uh, Band-Aid on a bullet wound, essentially. Like, uh, you know, yeah. uh, not, a, not a permanent fix for a problem. Gotcha. Uh, is, cool. the, uh, yeah. is the idea. Yeah. yeah. And then he, flo he floated it for like one of our songs that ended up becoming Losing Light on the first album. And then we nice. were going through like a million different ideas for band names because we put that all the way till the end yeah <laughs> and then uh yeah then, we recorded like most of i'm separate without a band name we yeah. had no <laughs> idea oh, that's wild uh, funny yeah I mean, so ba band names are tough to come up with yeah pairs <laughs> like, hence pairs <laughs> uh, it worked in the end right we uh we were almost come 41 oh my god <laughs> that would have been so funny oh that would have been hilarious <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think I think pairs works a little bit better than that, though. A little bit. <laughs> it, uh, it it looks a little bit better on a, a marquee, yeah. <laughs> I guess. Um, and uh, before we again, before we go into the album, um, I, I like to talk about your guys' sound because I think it's very unique compared to a lot of what what's coming out right now. Yeah. Um, and like one of the big trends that that we've been seeing a lot is that 90s music is coming back like mainly like that grunge type sound sure. um, which is isn't a bad thing but it, like even pop music is is kind of taking influences from grunge um, right. stuff being played on the radio which is is very cool uh and i think you guys are bringing back a 90s sound but not necessarily that 90s grunge uh it's kind of like later day billy joel or like huey lewis in the news 
Um, right. And yeah. I don't know anyone that sounds like that right now. Is that a conscious choice that you guys are trying to make music like this or, or is that natural? Like when you were jamming and decided to do, do the band for the first place, is that like kind of the way the sound ended up going? I'd say it's a combination of both. I mean, our influences are definitely those bands you listed. And also Zach revitalized my interest in nineties music. I mean, one of the, one of the, uh, for this new record, one of the albums that we listened to a bunch during the writing process was the third eye blind record. Um, and we just came up with, you know, I don't know. We, we, we like all that kind of stuff and it all finds its way into something. This album, we feel like we had more of a, put together sound the first time we didn't really know what we were doing. It's like song by Mm. song, you know? Right. Yeah. I I feel like there's a, in the, on the first record, you could identify like clear influences for each song. Whereas this one, I feel like it's much more of like, well, all of it's present throughout the entire record. It's kind Mm. of more of an amalgamized, uh, like version of the sounds from the first record. Um, absolutely. I, I, I mean, like, I just, I grew up in the 90s, you know, uh, and uh, I loved, uh, I mean, like, I listened to the radio then, like anybody else in the 90s. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I, you know, I remember, uh, like, even like 10, 15 years ago, like, having projects and before grunge was like back in, like, I, I specifically remember somebody in like 2009 telling me, like, dude, this project that you're working on sounds too nineties grunge. <laughs> and then that, and then nineties grunge came back like in a hard fucking way. And so I was salty about that. And so this time it was like, Oh no, nineties yeah. Genesis this time around. You right. know, it's, right. it's weird. Everything comes back. Even the things yeah. you don't expect, uh, yeah. I guess. Yeah. It's weird. Yeah, sure. Jinkos. Um, Who would have seen <laughs> it? Jinkos. Oh my gosh. Please Pogs. No. Pogs. Oh, I, I don't think Pogs are back yet, are they? I don't know. I still have my my Pogs and the the Slammers. Right now's the time pogs to go to go on like eBay and just buy all the collections you can. I ate a whole bunch yeah. of them when I was a kid. I'm still digesting <laughs> them, so maybe when they're finished, when they come back through, they'll be hip again. You know? Oh, I'm sure they will. Stolen. I'm sure they will. Um, and also, one one thing I wanted to talk about before we get into the new album is is your guys's humor because if like if somebody's <laughs> never listened to your music but they just randomly come across like one of your social media posts um they're absolutely hilarious and so like if someone was to show me that vi- like one of your videos and then like say oh they're a band then i might think that you're like a a humorous band like like i don't know tenacious d or something like that right um and you guys have funny songs like the butt train Yep. Um, which is my wife's favorite song, by the way. <laughs> it's my Mima's favorite song too. Uh, it's no it's great. Um, and you have some some like uh, there's definitely irony and like a, a cheekiness in in your music, but like if you listen to the sound and like the production, the melodies, it's like super sincere and earnest. Um, right. And I just think that's such an interesting combination from like how you guys put out this this content online and then your your music almost is like completely different <laughs> well first of all like the post that you're talking about i don't know what you're talking about we're not trying to be funny um <laughs> but, but, uh, secondly like yeah i i like i feel like there's um i like to think that we're like that the irony and the sincerity like go hand in hand i mean they do with everything else in life you know yeah, i mean true. the way that we look at the world so like yeah. why not in music it doesn't have to be one or the other thing yeah right. I, I, and going back to like the 
the, you know, when it all started, those are the two things that we clicked on when we became friends was yeah. the humor and the music, but they didn't have to blend. It was like, we would be doing those videos without filming them the whole time hanging out. And then we decided this would be funny. Let's put it up. We didn't, when we started like an Instagram for the band, we didn't know what to do. What we're going to say, like, <laughs> Hey, we don't have any music or anything, but we're just two guys making a record. you know, so we just started off with like, funny stuff because it yeah. was entertaining to us yeah like <laughs> I, I i remember seeing one of your earlier videos and i I'm, there was one where you guys were like talking real close and then there was another one with a bag of chips <laughs> i was like oh, i don't yeah. know what i have no idea what this music's gonna sound like but i'm in <laughs> right <laughs> my, my yeah, first right. my my favorite video i still think is the first one we posted with just a oh. picture of chris fogel on the front <laughs> and we're like singing a fake song about like money i love i love how the 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 <laughs> reverb goes away like super yeah. hard and it's all whoop whoop i'm Whoa. back <laughs> yeah. awesome uh, awesome yeah uh, uh there's like a general rule of thumb like i feel like that i like we've gone by like i've gone by for quite a while which is like uh i mean if it either makes you giggle or gives you goof goosebumps it's like mm -hmm. that's the thing to do uh those are the two things that like i feel like are it's our bar two, yeah two are the two of the most like pleasant feelings ever and yeah. involuntary so like that's a good like uh, compass. I yeah. feel like. I mean, you guys yeah, can definitely check off both of those boxes as Band Aid <laughs> right Brigade. On. Yeah, right on. <laughs> yeah, and I think it. I think it does. Like it easily shows in the music and in the goofiness online, like the videos. Yeah. Like right you can on. tell that you guys are genuine. At least uh -huh. I can tell that anyway. Nice. Um. So getting into uh, sex is terrible. Um, <laughs> <laughs> terrifying. Now terrifying. listen, there, there, there's a difference between having sex with me and the name of the album. Sex uh, terrifying. <laughs> um, but sex I gotta, with me is terrible, and the album is called yeah, Sex is terrifying. terrifying. I got to ask the obvious question. Uh, not about the album title. We'll get back to that. But obviously, COVID uh, was was massive. Did Did you guys have the album started before COVID, or did that just create time for you to start writing? Oof, how, uh, it like, thrusted us into it, really. I mean, because don't we, use the word thrust. Well, when I'm trying to about sex is terrifying. <laughs> I was trying to do that under the cuff. But, uh, <laughs> no, we uh, let's see what happened. So we with with the with I'm separate, we we had all these touring plans, you know, um, and it started in 2000, the beginning of no, I guess December of 2019. And then we did a short like west coast tour and then we went to europe for three weeks and we were going to go out again with uh, uh in july and do more us and then covid shut it down and um zach will tell you that uh well i don't i don't like to just sit around <laughs> so i just started saying well let's go to the new record if we can't do anything else and so we just started bouncing back ideas because we had nothing else going on and then um I feel like it's it was it started in COVID, but we didn't really get serious about it until like like August of, of last year. Yeah, yeah. Okay. It was definitely a lot of time to sit around. Um, right. Yeah. And and I, I I keep thinking that COVID just started like a couple months ago, but it's it's been like two and a half years. It's, yeah, it's been know, a long it's time. Brutal. Yeah. I think right, everyone's brutal. kind of in that same boat. Yeah. And Zach was, uh, I had a, a really lucky situation. I just, it was total coincidence, but I ended up moving up in with a guy, um, a friend of mine that I known forever. And, and it was like the perfect house to have during COVID. Cause there was like a pool and a barbecue and super comfortable. So Zach would come out for like a month or two at a time and we'd just sit around and 
play piano and play guitar and just come up with shit. You know? Yeah. Nice. yeah. It's really, it's really, a lot of those started. ideas made it under the record. Just like they, they were reimagined so many times over the mm-hmm. course of all this free time, you know, so much. free time. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, that's a good segue into, uh, what your writing process is. If you guys write songs together mostly, or if you each bring separate ideas and then work on it together or a mixture of the both total mixture yeah it's a total total mixture mixture of the both yeah uh there are times where i mean really like a total mixture like all in one song i mean we'll uh you know Mm -hmm. one of us will bring something to the table and then the other person will write the next section and then we rewrite the whole thing together and then when you go in the studio and all that goes away yeah it's like you (laughs) recognize the song anymore but i I think (laughs) another thing that we've we've kind of been able to do i hope we can somehow continue to do this if we do more when we do more, but, uh, like Zach has a whole catalog of tunes that just never made it into his other bands. And I had a couple of those too. And so those are good starting points because you know, those riffs have lasted and they just never found a home. And so we kind of start with those ideas or if we don't have, uh, if we're, we're needing something, we'll just go back into, Oh, well, remember this song, you know? Yeah. Like there's a reason that those riffs stuck with you for like a decade. It's right. because like, okay, mm. this is good. It just never, it never found a place to exist. Yeah. Like functionally. Right. So that's kind of like the, the baseline, you know, we kind of just have mm-hmm. that in the back pocket, but then, you know, we're always, I think we both influenced each other. I hope I'd like to think oh, yeah. so. I know Zach definitely has influenced my writing style, but like, um, and then having Paul there, cause Paul adds a whole dynamic part of it. So me and Paul have been working together for a long time doing like piano punk rock stuff because Paul and I were both huge Billy Joel fans. And so we were always trying to shove those two things together. But then when Zach came into the mix, he kind of brought it to life for real, you know, with with Mm -hmm. melodies and lyrics and and all that stuff. So, yeah, it's it's a big mixture of everything, you know. Nice. Nice. Goosebumps. That's what we're going for. Yeah. Yeah. Goosebumps and giggles. By by R.L. Stein. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I still have a couple paperback copies of Goosebumps. I do too, I think. They're timeless, I think. Yeah. Um, So for the title. Not so much the visual effects from the TV show. Oh no, it's that that doesn't hold up. I've it's on Netflix and I've went back and rewatched some of it Is and it? it's uh it doesn't that doesn't hold up as well. Yeah, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Almost as bad as uh the the first you remember uh, like have you watched the first Spider-Man Toby Maguire movie? Oh yeah. And not recently. Yeah. Holy I, Christ, Spider-Man looks crazy. It's like no human being's arms look like that. No. No. It's, it's anyway. so different. <laughs> Um, but going back to the title, which is "Sex is Terrifying," um, how how'd you come up with that? Like, is I know you you say that in the first track, um, but which, which came first? Like, uh, did you oh, take the title? The, yes, the title. Uh, the title came a long time ago. Uh, mm-hmm. I pitched it for a pairs thing, and it didn't stick. It just didn't work for like the stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. And then. Um, this album it's sort of like it was uh, the same thing as sort of like with the riffs you know where you find a home for it it just made sense it just made sense um and uh yeah you know uh so it had been around for for quite a while um and yeah i mean about i'm guessing that led to to the uh the album artwork 
Did you oh, did yeah. you guys design that, or did did you have an artist design that? No, we have a we have an artist that's pretty much done almost everything that we've we've put out. He's he's almost like a member of the band at this point. Um, his name's Paul Smith. He goes by Zombie Teeth uh, on Instagram, and he's he's amazing. He he uh, during I'm separate. I don't know how this happened, but he somehow heard about the band and he saw a picture and we had already had the band name at that point. And I think he saw a picture of our banner or something that we posted in a video or something like that. And he, uh, just on his own created this album cover. For yeah. Us. Came back with the, uh, the, with the logo and he just said, Hey, if you guys ever want to use this and we're like, uh, that's perfect. And so, and ever since then, we've just been um, really tight with them. And anytime we have a, you know, we'll do a shirt or a album or a song artwork. And I just say, Hey, yo, we got this song here. Yeah, it take is. a pass. And he'll, and nice. everything he's done has just been spot on, you know, I mean, it's, it's so all been he, super cohesive too. And, and this, this kind of seems like a continuation from the last album. And I don't know if I'm reading too much into it, but it seems like the character from the, from the I'm separate artwork, like either taking off or putting on a, yes. a, the face of a sex doll. Yeah. yeah. And it's, yep. Yep. it's terrifying. It. And, yeah. 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 <laughs> And I mean, like that, like sort of like plays into like the themes of like the the lyrics and the theme of like the album title, which is like uh, exposing yourself is terrifying. Intimacy is terrifying. You know, this whole like just heightened anxiety too involved in everything now where and and really where it it caught me was just this this thing. Sex is supposed to be a beautiful thing. It's the most natural thing literally in human nature or nature in general. And all of a sudden it just, you find a way to the, make it miserable. You find a way to make it scary and <laughs> right. miserable. Yeah. And, and just even in just the, you know, in, in the news and everything else, all these topics, it's just so frightening and it, it shouldn't be, you know? So just, mm-hmm. I felt like it was a really powerful, um, you know, thing. And I'm glad Zach, I think, uh, I think that, it. Yeah, that message definitely resonates with me for sure. Um, sure. Making things way more anxious than I ever have to. And I'm sure yeah. a lot of people uh, since during COVID, I'm sure a lot of people oh, are dealing with that as well. Yeah, I was I was actually uh, <clears throat> like right before we announced the album, I called my mom and I'm like, hey, just so you know, just so you don't like freak out about the uh, album title or anything. <laughs> and she wouldn't. But, you know, I just go through that in my mind like, oh, my my like. Just, just put it on her radar. Yeah, you know I know, mean? right. Yeah. And so uh, I just told her, I said, and then so we had this like deep conversation. It led into this deep conversation about the album title. And then it started off as like, no, no, it's, it's a, it, you know, sex is a beautiful thing, Brian. I don't know why you, you know, this and that. And then we just started talking about all these topics. And then by like a half hour later, she's like, okay, you're right. Sex is freaking terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> you know? well, I, it was much she's easier. On board. I'm literally just scared of sex. <laughs> it just freaks me out. Yeah. Well, there you go. That, that keeps everything uh, in line then. Yeah. Um, so s- since that does fit into like the themes of, of what you've been writing on the record, um, do you guys prefer to write more in like a vague idea that someone can interpret or do you like to go with more specific like storytelling themes? Like, for example, in the ah. song, Sta- the song Standing Still definitely seems like there's a, a, a story like you, you can follow the character, you know? Right. Right. I've I've never like i've always like leaned away from storytelling songs uh i've never been good at them and uh and more importantly i just like i like to uh i think it's more fun to like basically paint a picture with words and let somebody else figure out how it makes them feel too you know right Um, yeah 
like often when I start writing lyrics, like I don't even know what the first line means. And it's almost like it it, it finds its own way. Um, I've heard heard songwriting described as like archaeology almost, like it was already there. And then you're kind of like digging, digging it up and finding it. Exactly. And so, so uh, yeah, there are, there are some like elements of storytelling stuff, but I've always like leaned more towards just uh, abstract, just sort of like what figuring out what combination of words make you feel a certain thing. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think there is there is some literal, you know, aspects to it. Like I remember just now that you mentioned that I remember we were sitting in this room when the first like verse was written and it was the day I was leaving. Remember, I was like, you were going to take me to the airport that day. Oh, yeah. And so it just kind of start, we started talking about airports and then it became, you know, right, and then right. you, and then, of course, you know, a year later when Zach likes to write the lyrics 15 minutes before the vocal track has to be recorded. <laughs> oh, basically, oh, and that's no, practice. that is no joke. It's like oh, that stresses me out. I know. Yo, Zach hates me because of how stressed I am on recording days. I'm like, okay, dude, uh, pretty much the goal now is to write more lyrics than I've ever done in my whole life in the next 45 minutes. Okay, rad. Um, but yeah. well, I mean, necessity kind of breeds creativity sometimes. Uh, That's true. hundred percent. Or it 100%. just leads to nothing. It just depends how you feel that day, I guess. Depends on the day, yeah. And, and a lot of it in... Uh, one of Zach's methods that I've totally adopted is like, you can't, sometimes you can get away with like writing just the melody and words first and then fill it in later. But with, especially with this band, you really want to wait until you have like all the instrumentation and all the, you know, the feeling of the song mm-hmm. before you know what's really going to settle in for mm-hmm. lyrics and melodies. So it's almost like, especially for this album, you know, I'd be like, okay, what's the plan for this one? He's like, ah, we just gotta, gotta wait for that trumpet part. Then I'll really know what's going on. You know what I mean? Right. To an extent, you really want to feel it before you commit to something. I mean, like uh, more importantly too, it's like, once you start getting, for me, it's always, once you start getting a sense of the production of the album, like what's actually going to be on the record. So like demos don't really do it. Like I I need Mm -hmm. to hear what the rhythm section is actually going to like sound like more or less, you know, like once you're in the studio and you start hearing the track come together, it'll make you feel completely new things. I mean, that makes makes sense, especially on on this album in particular, because the layering is so much deeper than than the previous album. Not that uh, Mm -hmm. I'm separate didn't sound great, um, but it's it's clear that there's so much more added on this album. Like we've we've listened to it several times and there's something new every on almost every track, every single time yeah. you listen to it, every pass by, um, which right. is, it, it's great. Um, and, and I was curious, like how many like instruments was, is everything like, like a, an analog, like an actual instrument? Like, was it a real saxophone? Did you have real trumpets? Um, oh, I'm yeah. fairly certain oh, yeah. I heard a sitar on the bridge for perfect. That's a fake sitar. That's a MIDI. Okay. <laughs> Our sitar guy wasn't around that. Yeah, yeah. Around like that. I was wondering. I mean, you can get some pretty good sounding uh, instruments from a keyboard, but I was like, I, I'm pretty sure that's a sitar on there. It blends yeah. in really nicely, but I was like, I, I think I hear that. That's a that's a fake sitar. I, we all the horns are real. Oh, uh, awesome. I mean, the saxophone the sounded so warm. Oh, yeah. So that's that's actually the same guy uh, that that played on I'm Separate too. He's actually my business partner. We run a uh, company in San Diego, and um, he's a fantastic like local musician. And he plays. Uh, his name's Joe. He plays. Uh, he plays like a looping guitar, and he, he 
traveling saxophone. And so he, he just, he's, he's killer. And so, and he's so easy to access. Like I'll be like, Joe, yo, lay down something for this. And I'll just email him the track. And that's what he sent back. And we, yeah, yeah we've amazing. never told him what to do. Yeah. He just amazing. Oh, just, cool. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. So he, he totally fit. And then what was cool about this album on that same vein, like we, we were able to work with the same, a lot of the same musicians from the last one and then added more. So Zach's dad played trumpet. Um, he played organ on, um, the long goodbye. Uh, and my sister and and Zach's sister, Taylor sang backups. Um, and then Sandy who, who sang, um, all the female vocals on the first, first album she she did a bunch of stuff mm-hmm. on broken toy uh so it was it was really great to be able to still have that whole family and then add more to it I mean, yeah you know i mean it yeah, sounds like an really actual cool. family affair that's that's pretty cool it's a brigade it, it's it a, is hey, hey. I, I, was, I was curious to, if if you had female vocalists or maybe if you just have like that nice of falsetto voices <laughs> but well, it's just i i can do a pretty mean like girl voice uh, but, uh, the, in fact, at one point, uh, my sister's vocals weren't on one of the songs in like the preliminary mixes dream on dream. Yeah. And Brian was like, she's in there. And I was like, no, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> that's, Which that's is impressive. really embarrassing for me. Cause I tracked her vocal and I didn't even realize I was, did they sing on that? Uh, I'm pretty sure it's that little pre-chorus section on uh, kitchen tile. Yes, that's yeah, Taylor. That, that's, that's Zach's Taylor. sister. I think that might be one of my favorite parts on the album, to be honest. Oh, every time I hear that, it's just that. The, those harmonies that kind of swell in. It's just yeah, mm, yeah. Oh, it's so, that's a goosebumps that, moment. That that part, um, I, I just the whole time. Every time I'd listen to the mixes with, before, because Taylor did a bunch of stuff like way after we recorded. It was like last minute, right before we go into mixing, and uh, she lives in Southern California, going to college, and um, she'd come down and do like some piano bar gigs with me and stuff. And I'm like, let's jump into the studio and see what you do because she's she's a great great vocalist can kind of do anything on the fly and so the part in kitchen tile it was only like a piano part that i just didn't really like it was it was kind of weird and so she Mm -hmm. sang that over it i'm like oh thank god please cover that part up (laughs) uh and that's what ended up being there it turned out great right on turned out really good um for for your lead single you guys had released hit the buck and i I, I don't know where it was, but somebody commented on one of your pages um, about the song coming out from from one of Zach's side projects, Little Bags. Yeah, yeah, um, it's, it's an I, old song. Yeah, I'd never heard of it, so we we listened to the the original version, and it's it's pretty gritty and it's it's awesome sounding. But the that version versus the Band Aid Brigade version is like yeah, night and day, completely different. Yeah. Oh sure, yeah. Well, so we we uh, I've been playing the song solo for like my solo sets for quite a while, you know. Oh, mm-hmm. And um, and we had the idea to do the song for the record and come time in the studio. I think Brian was off doing something else uh, and me and Paul were like tackling hit the buck. And at first we started doing it like as close to the original version as we could. Yeah. And we were just so like not stoked on it. And it, it came down to we had this conversation, Paul and I, about like, all right, so you can't try to replicate that because it's great in its own way. It's like this gritty driving, like, you know, punk song. Um, what, how do we make it ours? And Paul used the word angular. And, angular. and that was like, 
Okay. Like Immediately I was like, all right. And I thought of Devo and the cars and stuff mm -hmm. and the bass became the bass part. And then from there, you know, he's playing the hi-hat on the ands instead of on the, you know, on every eighth note. And uh, it just kind of fell into place after that. Uh, but yeah, the, the whole thing of just like, no, nah, we can't recreate the energy of the first version. We have to make it uh, ours uh, to give it like this new, this new life. Other than the lyrics in the, that, like that basic melody that's going on, it's a completely sure. different song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Aesthetically, it's completely different. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, but that, that uh, was really, really kind of cool to, to hear the original version versus um, the newer version that you guys did. Yeah, I, I've actually almost re-recorded that entire Little Bags album at this point. Uh, like, I love those songs so much. The, there was something about that period in my life, like the lyrics and the music. I mm -hmm. love them so much. Uh, I think two of them are on my one week. Uh, I, uh, we did, yeah, we did hit the buck, and we've been playing fishes live. Yeah, we've been time. playing oh, another cool, one cool. of the songs Sweet. live. Yeah, I think over time, I think Pears is going to do one soon. Like over time, they're all going to get re-recorded because nice. I just dig those songs. Yeah, I mean, if you have good songs that uh, that you haven't done much with, it, it makes sense to repurpose them or do something with them. Oh sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Another little part that I really enjoy on the album is like that calliope music at the end of the long goodbye. Like carnival sounding. Like, like music. It's carnival sounding. Yeah. But yeah. you have these like funeral bells also playing at the same time. Uh-huh. And it's well, just it's the like the guy responsible for that is just in the next room. Uh Zach's dad played all that. No, I <laughs> really? played. All oh, that. did you? Yeah. Oh, okay, okay, okay. But well, he he like engineered the whole deal. Okay. You know, okay. he made it possible. But I was like, what if it was like I have this, uh, I had this like thought of walking down. What's that town uh, in the UK? We play, we play that like small little bar, but then there's like this huge archway and like a. a Is that Canterbury? Yes. The jail bar? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So that place, I was imagining just bells going off, walking down that road, like the church bells. Yeah. And I was like, I want it to feel like that. And so I was like mm -hmm. talking to my dad about like how it should feel. And a combination of that and like the uh, and the, uh, what the boats uh, on the Mississippi, right? Oh, interesting. The boats. Yeah. I, yeah. I guess I got confused with that because one night, so Zach, when we were doing the the album, Zach had to bail for a, a weekend to go to Costa Rica to play with Pears, and so Zach's dad and I just sat around and drank and played music and listened to stuff, and he's like, "Hey, I got this idea for uh, the long goodbye," because he had already kind of written an organ part for it. Mm -hmm. And um, he showed me this thing and I was completely wasted. And it was like three o'clock in the morning. And I'm like, I don't know, man, I'm not really hearing. That. Oh, yeah. His trumpet part. <laughs> his, tr yeah, his trumpet part at the end. So he's playing trumpet there. And um, and then Zach like calls me like two months later. He's like, yo, my dad said that he came up with this part and you didn't really dig it. So now he doesn't want to do it. I'm like, oh, man, I was wasted. Like, let him do whatever he wants to do. Yeah. And, and so his trumpet part kind of informed everything else at the end of that. That, uh, the trump that the trumpets of, is a really nice part at the end of that song too yeah yeah so i mean like to me it felt like i i think that thread was like okay it's almost like sergeant peppers here all of a sudden with mm, that like yep, sort yep. of royal yeah, trumpet part mm -hmm. and then mm -hmm. it was like calliope oh like the boats oh and then also the church bells and then yeah it kind of just all felt like that One it just all kind of came together on its own yeah yeah one on on the uh, the song "Perfect," 
Mm-hmm. There's a nice little sliding guitar line at the very end. Yeah. That, is that <laughs> yeah. A, you recognize where that came from? Yeah. I, is, yeah. I, I, I'm like 99% sure it's from Travel Light, but I, I, yes. had, to, I had to check and <laughs> confirm here. Yeah. All right, cool. 100%. We were just like, let's it's just make knock. it Travel Light at the end. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. Because I heard that. I was like, I was like, wait a second. This is uh, not the first time Band-Aid Brigade has thrown this into a song. Yeah. Now I get to use that pedal twice on a set. You know how, like, how terrible it is that, like, I've made it so that I have to tote around this guitar pedal for one part for every <laughs> set? And that's the like, only time I use it. But now I use it twice. Well, I mean, what uh, what pedal do you use? Uh, what is it's it? like, a, uh, oh, it's right here. It's uh, an Electroharmonic Synth 9. Ooh. <laughs> that sounds pretty cool. Well, if you have to have a unique odd pedal it makes sense to use it for two songs it helps justify it a little bit better and it doesn't have a battery port so you have to have a one spot it's the worst oh my god that does does (laughs) i would absolutely hate that gotta get that hum (laughs) gotta get that hum yeah oh yeah yeah, yeah. um another thing on that song that i really liked on perfect that is uh is how you guys switch from a duple to a triple like meter feel yeah, yeah, that's Paul. Yeah, that that song. So this has happened on both <clears throat> records. We uh, we had time. On, well, on, on, and I'm separate. We had this like extra day where Paul wasn't leaving for the airport till like six that night, and we had a whole day with him. But we had finished all the songs that we had written. So we're like, well, let's just try and bang out three more and see what happens. And uh, that was Break the Grid, Nothing Matters, and Holding Steady. <laughs> you know, those are the three songs nice. that we wrote in that day. And so oh that gosh. happened again. That happened again on this this record. Um, Zach uh, had been communicating with James, our, our you know engineer and kind of producer for, for tracking and everything else. And he was like, okay, we're starting on a Friday after Thanksgiving. So we all fly in on Thanksgiving Day, ready to go to the studio. And then we're sitting at the bar down the street from Zach's and uh, he's like, Oh no, I just got a text from James. He's actually out of town. He thought it was Monday that we were starting and we're like, what? So we just had this whole weekend. And so we sat in, and we sat in Zach's house and pulled out a bunch of like, you know, electronic gear and just started writing stuff. And that was a song that Paul had had in his back pocket. It was so. that and kitchen tile and, and something else. Hmm. Taylor's nice. song. Taylor's song. Yeah. Didn't make the record, Didn't but the it'll record be on a uh, follow-up EP or some shit. Nice, nice. nice. Um, as far as, like, when, when you guys are writing chord progressions, and this might be for the both of you or maybe Brian, but I, when I listen to music that is, is written by a piano player, um, I typically will hear chord progressions that I wouldn't write because um, my main instrument's a guitar, and I, I listen to a lot of pop music, so it's a lot of, like, one, five, six, four... Sure. Um, just standard stuff. And then you're resolving to chords that I would never think of. And this typically, like I said, it, it comes from piano players who have been playing for a long time. Um, do you think about these kind of like going to funky chords or like mess, messing with uh, traditional progressions to make things interesting? Because it definitely comes through. And like, I, I, I can't write songs like that. So it's every time I hear something, it's just it, it catches my ear. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, um, I wish I could take credit for that completely, but I can't. Uh, Zach's also a piano player. Uh, I don't know if anyone really knows that, but he he plays right. piano. Now to they do. Oh, the more of, you know. Yeah. So, but I mean, that being said, I mean, I play piano bar too. So I play, you know, I've got to learn like 200 songs. And after doing that for, you know, 15 years, you just kind of 
pick out some things you're like, oh, that's a really cool uh, formula. Mm-hmm. Um, and Billy Joel does that all the time, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. And yeah. so that that's kind of where I come at it. Um, but then, yeah, I think like like we talked about earlier, it's the goosebumps chord. It's like yeah. where where, well, where should this go? Even like go? even like my early or <laughs> earlier projects, even pairs. Like we're we're above all else, we're a changes band. Uh, yeah. Like our chord changes are like uh, me and Brian Predis. Like mm-hmm. I remember being teenagers together and geeking out about like gnarly chord changes. Right. Nice. So like that's kind of always been our deal, you know. Like I mean, some people are really into melody. Some people are really into you know like specific you know yeah. different things. But I've always been like a chord changes yeah. guy. And I think with this this project versus pairs, if I may, it's more it's a little more um, like you. I don't want pairs. It's like it changes and then you're already on to the next thing. And it's like, yeah, oh, right, shit. right, right. Uh, this one, it's like, <laughs> Oh, let's rest on this thing for a second. Totally. Um, yeah. you have more time to digest the chord progression yeah. when listening and, to branded brigade. And, and a lot of it is, you know, you said, you know, one, five, four, six, just add a couple twos in there, a couple threes in there, maybe a six yeah. or a borrowed five chord, you know, you can, Oh yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's really just subbing out and eventually you kind of figure out which chords can be subbed where, and then yeah, yeah. even then you can kind of push it to like, okay, let's just change keys randomly here for yeah. whatever reason. I definitely <laughs> like using the uh, the tonic to uh, the five of six and then going to six. Yeah, and the, Joey, the Joey Cape progression. <laughs> yeah. That's, also the minor four going to tonic. Oh, we, we like minor really fours. Good. Yeah. yeah. Uh, do you guys have a favorite chord progression? God. That's like, like a uh, go-to. <laughs> I think every day there's something probably in, in going yeah, on. Yeah, I don't. That's tough. I'm. I mean, I know that I have like some that I really like. You know. Yeah. Uh, all right. So let's pretend E major is our root. Oh, perfect. All right. That's, that's right. Yeah. 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 For e you major. guitar players, not for. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah, for e major is the root. Sure. I love uh, going to like. G major, but then to C sharp uh, minor. minor. Yeah. Oh, really? So that'd I'll be the, check that out. I'll so that'd be the major, the major three. Be the major three going Instead to the minor of, six or a major yeah, six. Which I think actually is, oh my God, I'm going to embarrass myself. This is wrong. Is that the, yeah, that's the chord progression you just mentioned, isn't it? The borrowed five from the six. Uh, uh, G sharp. G sharp minor would be the minor six. Oh, oh here we go. There you go. Oh. That go. that change. Oh. Right. The Elliot Smithy thing. Elliot Smithy thing, yeah. Oh, nice. that, I mean, that's <laughs> also like Elliot Smith and failure were like why I fell in love with chord changes, you know? Hmm. Well, it's like adding chord changes and stuff that, that you don't typically hear, I think really makes... It just makes for a more interesting listen, because um, I, I, again, I love my one five six four. One, five, six, it's, it's a nice, pleasant chord progression. But oh sure, like if if I was to listen to your album like for the first time through, or any of the things that you guys have put out, I would just be like, wait, what was that? Rewind. What, what did what did I just hear? What yeah yeah? What in yeah. the world? Because <laughs> it's that, just yeah. it's it's nice. The it's one, rewarding. The, the one four five stuff too. I I just I get excited when it happens when it's not happening. 
as much, you know? Uh, okay. So yeah, yeah. Like, if, all of a sudden it's this huge poppy yeah, release yeah. and like, it's like, like, hell yeah. Like the end of Losing Light. True, like, true. Okay, let's stop messing yeah, around. They, yeah, get it stops it. Getting, yeah. being all, yeah. you know, complicated and just gets yeah. straight to like, all right, right, now it's a fucking pop song. Yeah. It's like a you nice like little treat. all this tension with all these weird chord changes and then it, it like resolves in a way. Whenever you totally. That standard yeah. pop yeah. chord change. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I know that Pears definitely throws in a lot of little Easter eggs mm-hmm. and like just little, oh yeah, <laughs> little things from other songs. Um, and on this album, at the end of Abacus, there was definitely like that Led Zeppelin vocal <laughs> yeah. line. Yeah, there's also uh, there's a, there's a Michael Jackson uh, guitar riff in that bridge too. Is there? Oh, like, really? I was I was gonna say, is there anything else that we might have missed or anything that you? like to point out because every time i hear something like that i'm like oh so cool <laughs> yeah what what song it's bad right yeah. michael jackson bop bad. Bop 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 bop. yeah oh yeah yep 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 yeah, that's in there that there too. is there is one more uh that i think got mixed a little down but in dream there's the lady gaga oh yeah there's bad oh, romance really? the same lady gaga. Gaga. oh no way okay. i'm gonna have to re-listen for that at the very end the guitar harmonies the guitar harmonies if you will they start doing their own thing but the second phrase is oh no yeah that's that's lady gaga for sure yeah i never i did not pick that out so i'm gonna have to go back and listen again it's good and tucked it's it's very subtle i think chris yeah or the chris bebel who mixed the record i think he's like all right, that was coming in a little hot and dry mixes. Let's bring that back a little bit. <laughs> right, right. Well, um, do you guys have anything else you'd like to talk about for the uh, the album Sex is Terrifying? <laughs> I mean, we're just, uh, well, I, I don't know when this podcast would come out, but we're going to be doing a lot of touring. We leave actually on next Sunday for Europe. We'll be doing UK and we're doing a bunch of Germany shows. We're playing with a great band called Skinny Lister all throughout Germany. So if anyone's around and hears this and wants to come out and check it out, that'd be great. And then we're mm-hmm. trying to plan some uh, heavy US touring in early uh, next year, maybe the end of this year, but mostly like January, February, March. Nice, so. nice. Yeah, Skinny yeah, Lister's just- uh, label mates with you guys now, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, good old extra mile. We we only oh, knew about extra mile from uh, Frank Turner. Frank Turner, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, yeah, yeah. yeah but mean. good, good stuff. Um, and the album comes out August twenty sixth, um, which Friday. will be uh, this upcoming Friday. Um, both Jesse and I have listened to the album several times. It's a fantastic listen. It's a banger. Yeah, it's, yes, right it is. Uh, lots of stuff um, that you can play over and over again. Yeah. Um, so it's like really catchy stuff. Yeah, if, if right, you guys are in. If you guys are in Europe, go to bandaidbrigade.com with a dash in the middle, bandaid-brigade.com to find any of those dates or go on the social medias. Pretty easy to find now that everyone has smartphones. Um, and definitely check the album out when it comes out. For sure. Right on. Awesome. Yes, please. Yeah. Well, thanks for stopping in, guys. Uh, thank you so thank much. You. Here's a theme song. You know it's not a mean song. It's a good song. Just as it should song. American Bruce and two. Yeah, but it